Hey everybody, welcome to the Audience of One podcast, where we live by Colossians 3:23. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Here we talk about life, purpose, and growth, and attempt to practically live our lives focused on pleasing our audience of one, which is God. Enjoy the show and be blessed. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We are going to jump right into part two of the motherhood episode. Brittany and I have received some great feedback, so I know you all are looking forward to finishing our conversation. And if you have not yet listened to part one, please pause this episode, listen to part one, and then meet me back here. All right, enjoy. What are some areas that you've struggled with or kind of made you upset during Mm -hmm. your journey being a mom? So that's tough. Um, One thing that I have definitely struggled with is being faced with my own childhood. So I knew that was going to be a struggle for me that I had talked about in therapy before I got pregnant. But, you know, I have experienced a lot of struggles with motherhood. Um, one of the main ones for me was being too critical of myself and not trusting my instincts. And I think that does come from, you know, having a rocky childhood and not having some stability when it was needed for me in, um, at a young age. And so, you know, just trying to give myself the benefit of the doubt, being gracious with myself and knowing that, you know, I am doing good enough. But at other times it was like, what in the world am I doing? (laughs) You know, and when it does come to the part of being faced with my own childhood, I did experience some um, depression, but it was actually really delayed. So I didn't experience it until, you know, late into the postpartum phase. Um, And it was actually after I returned to work. Mm -hmm. Um, So really the time when my son was four to six months, it was a really difficult time. You know, transitioning to childcare was a huge adjustment. I'm going back to work. And then the fact that he was really not a good sleeper. Mm -hmm. Um, He did have colic and I was in denial about that. So it was just a rough time trying to manage that on top of being a wife. You know, it could be too much. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. Um, I think some of the struggles that I had with having Eliana was the emergency C-section. I wasn't expecting that. And also, um, a lot of times on social media, you see um, (laughs) snatched back, you know, snap back, um, you know, this woman was pregnant and look at her eight months later, she is fine as wine. I struggled with that because, you know, I really came to terms with the fact that I really had always had like body issues and Mm -hmm. like really judging myself and my weight and things and so after having Eliana I really was the biggest I had ever been in my Mm -hmm. life and I was not confident at all and it really just made me feel so down about myself and you know as I mentioned earlier this was a strain as well on Juan Mm -hmm. because you know he was used to this person that was what 60 pounds lighter and here I am expecting him to you know, brag on me and love on me and, you know, call me like super beautiful all the time, which yes, he should, but I didn't feel that way. And I was portraying my negativity into the situation, putting my negativity into the situation too. So I was kind of putting all of that on Juan Mm -hmm. and that wasn't fair to him. Mm -hmm. So I think really my, the weight issue was one of the, one of the bigger struggles that I had 
But as I mentioned um, in my first podcast, not having my mom with me, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people were like, oh, who's going to keep your baby? Oh, I bet your your mom is so happy about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, she probably is happy about it. I don't know nothing about it, though, because she's not here with me. Yeah. Um, and that was really difficult, you mm-hmm. know, having all of these firsts with Eliana and then mm-hmm. not being able to text her or, like, hear her reaction or just have her ride Eliana around. But, you know, I'm thankful for my village, um, mm-hmm. especially my aunts. They really stepped up. My daddy's sisters mm-hmm. and my grandma's sisters really stepped up for me and my cousins and kind of were just filling that uh, mom role. But definitely Juan's mom mm-hmm. as well. She was, like, super mommy to say. She was over here cooking <laughs> and cleaning and taking care of Eliana. So I really feel like my village really stood up and helped me in that area. But... That was a struggle and a challenge um, during that time. Yeah, and the fact that Eliana looks just like Viv. Oh, my gosh. And Mr. Eugene. So and she I know has, you talk about all the time yes. her facial expressions. It's just like, whoa, hey, Viv. You know? And she has my mom's personality. Yeah. If you've ever met Eliana, she's such a big personality. She's like the life of the party. That's exactly how my mom was. So I feel like that's like a God wink. Mm-hmm. You know, like God is like, I got you, Mo. You know? There's a little transition, little things didn't really kind of pan out the way you expected, but I got you. I haven't forgotten you, daughter. So that does make me feel better. Yeah. So the weight and the mother issue is also something I definitely struggle with, but kind of different from you. So um, I actually lost lots of weight with my pregnancy. And so I, after I had the baby, I was um, at a much lower weight than I was before the baby. And so I was so sick in the beginning. And also I think once I did get past the sickness, um, I was just trying to be more conscious of the fact that, oh, I got to eat better. So I had actually lost weight. But when it comes to my mom, um, we had a really difficult relationship growing up. And so for me, once the baby was here, I was really faced with the sorrow of my own childhood. My mother Mm. is alive, um, but we are going through a lot of repair. And so, you know, I mentioned it earlier, being faced with you know, the reality that I mm-hmm. would never get my childhood back. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier, trying to really do it, quote unquote, right. There is no right way. I just have this notion of trying to do it in a different way, which can be really hard. So being faced with, you know, trying to right the wrongs of my childhood. And, you know, it's been really sorrowful becoming a mother. Um, it's been on one hand, um, like a wake-up call, allow me to empathize with my mother, allow mm-hmm. me to empathize with my sister. But on the other hand, it's made me really resentful towards my mom, to be honest. Um, so it's really something that I've been um, challenged with and have to really work at every day to really, you know, be intentional and aware of the mindset of what it means to me to be a mom and what I can never get back from, you know, the mother that I wanted when I was a baby or when I was a child. Wow, that's really real. And y'all, I know that this episode has been really um, vulnerable and kind of really walked through some of those issues and struggles that we've had during motherhood. And I really wanted it to be that way because a lot of times we see the glitz and glamour of mm-hmm. being a mom, but we don't really hear what's what are these experiences really like? And then a lot of times you're caught off guard because you didn't expect mm-hmm. something to happen to you. But Brittany and I actually do enjoy being a mom. (laughs) So we do have a couple highlights and, you know, positive things that we wanted to share. But I did just want to put the explanation in there to you Mm -hmm. all and let you all know, like, 
this is the real life. This is the stuff that you don't see on Instagram. This is the stuff mm-hmm. you don't see when the mom is outside, you know, on the swing with her child, having the time of her life. Um, Hair blowing in the wind. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but some of the highlights. What are some highlights that you've had since being Junior's mom for a year? Oh, my gosh. So, Junior is my twin. He is Brittany's twin. <laughs> Everything. That is a major highlight. The fact that, you know, he is a junior. He's named after my husband, but he looks... Um, just like me so that's been really nice to see you know myself in him and to see him grow like he's thriving mm-hmm. and you know I did that like you did you know, that he's surviving <laughs> he's doing good so that's definitely a highlight seeing his growth um and actually you know in the process of going back to work you know having junior inspired me to get back into poetry writing which Ooh. is something <laughs> it's something i hadn't done in a long time and actually you know monique we just had this conversation randomly one day about goals i don't even know what got us to that point and i was like well you know one of my bucket list things was to become a children's book author and monique wasn't like do it but somehow you know it just inspired me to get back into poetry writing and before i knew it so this was in july of um of last year, I just had a book available. Like I was just, you know, doing little short poems and anything that came to my head, I would start writing. And then I became a published author when my son turned one. So I published Woo-hoo! my first book. Yes, I am a real life author. What is the name of your book, Brittany? And where can we find it? I mean, you just can't say it and then leave the people hanging. The name of my book is the Illustrated Book of Poems. So you can consider it a children's book or an illustrated adult poetry book. Um, the name of it is The Sweetest Devotion, um, and it is dedicated to Junior. It's a collection of poems dedicated um, to him, so to a son from his mother. And you can get it on Amazon. It's at Amazon.com backslash author backslash B. Allen Albright. And it's also available on Barnes & Noble. Yes, and I will put the link in the show notes for you all to get that book. So some of the things that I've enjoyed about being Eliana's mom I was so happy that I was having a girl because I get to do her hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I have so much fun doing Eliana's hair. And she actually sits still and let me lets me do her hair. So that's been really fun and dressing her up and all the cute mm-hmm. little clothes. And again, shout out to my village because I have not had to purchase anything for Eliana. But every day she is just decked out. And um, I've really enjoyed that. And another thing that I've enjoyed about being her mom is really when people tell me how awesome she is. And I know that kind of probably sounds conceited or whatever, but it just warms my heart for people to take so much joy in my baby and so and are so happy when they're around my baby. I'm like, wow, that means that you're happy to be around me because I made her. So I enjoyed that. And it's just such a blessing to be able to give birth. Like that whole process really, I mean, I knew God was real, but that whole process really helped me see like, okay, God is really real like I was just in awe of like how all of this stuff was happening and each week I would look on the little baby app and see what size she was growing into that week and I was just so amazed and just so thankful to God that he was allowing me to have such a gift Mm -hmm. as the baby and I mean this year has been really fun Eliana's a fun baby Mm -hmm. and another highlight really was doing a nanny share with you Brittany um because as we mentioned earlier we have been doing life together but literally having the babe both of our babies in the house together and legit growing up together oh such a blessing because that's the thing about living in a city you know it's not like you have your cousins next door Mm -hmm. and your and 
so-and-so down the road, you kind of have to make all of these new friends who don't really live here. They're all transplanted in the city. But being able to have you from my hometown here with your baby in my house every t- every day was such a blessing. And our nanny was so awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So amazing. And to be honest, it wasn't planned out. So, you know, you know, eventually once you have a baby, okay, I got to figure this thing out mm-hmm. once it's time to go back to work. But we honestly didn't know what we were going to do. So me and Monique, we were both on maternity leave like not just chilling, but kind of chilling like, <laughs> hey, Mo, you know, you got plans. Where are you going to take the baby? <laughs> right. And then, you know, she asked me back. And so when it came that time, we just did what we had to do. We did some searching and we kind of knew, not kind of, we knew we didn't want our babies to be at a center immediately mm-hmm. if they didn't have to be. So it really just was God that brought us to our nanny and that allowed our babies to grow together. So, yes, it was wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Brittany, I think we've covered a lot and of course we can always revisit the topic of motherhood because this thing will continue to ebb and flow and grow over time but I I was I'm excited that we had this transparent conversation and that you were so willing to be as vulnerable as you've been on this episode I'm sure that you will bless so many people at the end of every episode I love to give people an affirmation so Mm -hmm. do you have an affirmation for us today I do have an affirmation it is really simple short and sweet my affirmation is I am a good enough mother. Mm. And really that statement, it comes from a psychoanalyst. His name was Winnicott. And it's just based on a theory that, you know, we don't have to be the best mother ever. We just have to be a good enough mother to our child. And it's based on the psychological idea that, you know, the primary caretakers are bound to fail their children. Mm. Um, But as long as it's in a tolerable way, um, it's good for them. You know, you don't have to be perfect. And at the end of the day, we all fail our children in some ways. You know, some do it in small ways that are not extremely harmful. You know, they roll off the bed, but they're fine. You know, (laughs) (laughs) they skip a meal, you know, or whatever. And then some, you know, some do it in really detrimental ways, you know, that are really harmful to the well-being of their children. And, you know, like I shared, I experienced childhood trauma that has taken years to address and dismantle. But the idea of a good enough mother serves me well, and it lets me know that, hey, you are okay, and you don't have to be perfect. Because being a parent is frustrating, mm-hmm. um, and I think not enough moms talk about that part. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as a society, we are judgmental to stay-at-home moms, but as Monique mentioned earlier, we know that that is not what we want to do, you know, so kudos to all the moms out there that stay with their children 24 hours a day because, you know, that is just not my calling to be a stay-at-home mm-hmm. mom. Um, and so, you know, it helped me realize with the idea that I am good enough that I provided my child with a stable two-parent household, which is something that I did not experience, me nor my husband experienced. And so overall, I'm doing all right. My baby's attached, he's thriving, he's happy and is safe. So, I affirm that I am good enough. Yes, I love that. I love that. So I also like to leave listeners with a scripture for the day. Do you have a word from the Lord today, Brittany? I do have a short word, and I just wanted to <laughs> I just wanted to share my my very favorite scripture and verse, and it is from Psalm one sixteen and one, and it reads, "I love the Lord, for He heard my voice." He heard my cry for mercy. And that is my favorite scripture of all time because it does ground me and center me um, with the audience of one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to share that motherhood at its core requires reflection on your own childhood, on your fears and sorrows, your trauma, your worries. Um, and so I'll never forget when we come home from the hospital 
And me and Will just bursted into tears. Oh. You know, we were just there alone in our living room with our baby, just crying and couldn't believe that we survived and we were finally home after being in the hospital for six days. And so, you know, there were many dark nights, you know, when Junior was crying and we, you know, we couldn't sleep. And even in those moments, I felt so alone. I knew that God was there with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that he sees my tears and hears my cries for mercy. So... Um, yes, that is my favorite one. Amen. All right, Brittany. I didn't know you was going to preach to us today. <laughs> All right. So I will close this out in prayer and then I'll give you opportunity to, um, let people know how they can connect with you and any other last words you might want to share. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to be moms to such vibrant and beautiful children. Continue to bless us on our journey in motherhood as well as all the moms out there and moms to be that are listening god we know that you are the one that gives us strength and will continue to help us on our journey in jesus name amen amen all right any last things that you want to share Brittany? yes so i unfortunately do not have any social media to share <laughs> i took a hiatus and i have not been on social media but monique has been encouraging me mainly for my professional use with my book being out there um to get social media but for now you can email me um at b allen Albright, B-A-L-L-E-N-A-L-B-R-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. And then, like I said, you can check out my author page on Amazon at amazon.com slash author slash B. Allen Albright. All right, Brittany. Thanks again so much. And we will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.